Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, yes, it is the off season, but uh, Wiz and I always start our preparation for the upcoming football season very early. It started with the combine, and it's moved into free agency, and soon to be the NFL draft. And we're going over each and every division, looking to see the pluses and the minuses that have taken place on NFL rosters thus far. Just wrapped up the NFC East, and we're on to the NFC North. Wiz, how are we doing? Yeah, doing well. Looking forward to talking about the NFC North. Uh, a lot of excitement, especially circulating uh, around uh, Green Bay uh, with the Aaron Rodgers saga and the Chicago Bears with their trading of the overall number one pick. So um, between that and the Lions being pretty active here in free agency, uh there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on with the NFC North this year so far. Uh, yeah, most definitely. And the Bears came in, you know, even before this trade, they came in with a lot of cap room. Uh, they've made a lot of moves before the draft, and I'm sure they're going to make a lot more into the draft. We know they did some stuff last season, trading a couple of key defensive players. But, you know, the Bears are sold at this point in time on, on, on Justin Fields and, and, and really trying to elevate the rest of this roster. I think they've done some very interesting stuff. And their GM, Ryan Poles, uh, certainly has had an extremely busy time of it, Was Yeah, he really has. I mean, that, that pick, you know, trading that pick and moving back to, to the ninth spot and getting D.J. Moore. And, you know, D.J. Moore, you know, is, is – um, is going to take over the number one wide receiver duties there. And I think uh, that's going to help them. I, I don't mind Foreman coming over. Um, they lose Montgomery, but they bring in Devontae Foreman and him and Khalil Herbert are going to make a nice one-two punch. Uh, they added Robert Tanyan as well and Travis Homer. And uh, uh, the, the main loss, I guess, is you know trading the number one pick and David Montgomery moving on to the Lions. So uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there. Did you um, have any you know, strong views about what the Bears have done so far? Yeah, I think uh, it's a, I, I, I kind of like the fact that both of these running backs are different, different players, right, in terms of what they can do. So uh, I think there'll be some games where Foreman is is going to be more effective, but I, I still like I still like Khalil Herbert in, in in this kind of duo to do to be the more productive running back here. Uh, they also made some moves on defense, Wiz. Right? They added uh, T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, and defense was a place. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like those picks. I, I think you know they got some young players uh, there. So this is a team that spent some money, and I think um, you know when you look at. The offense in general, uh, Cole Komet came on a little bit last year. You mentioned Tanyan will be there as well at the tight end position. You'll be going with DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool uh, at the receiver position. So onwards and upwards for the Chicago Bears in a division that has definitely opened up in terms of uh, trying to move up with Green Bay likely. I mean, I don't want to assume, but we'll look a lot different. I'm not saying that they can't still contend for a division title, but but this division is definitely up for grabs, Wiz. Yeah, it really is. It looks like the Lions are really an ascending team. Um, and, you know, they, they, they weren't able to resign. I don't know what was going on. It's just a curious thing to me. They weren't able to reach an agreement with Jamal Williams, but paid a pretty good price to bring in Montgomery, like eleven million, all fully guaranteed. So bringing in Montgomery, losing Jamal Williams, uh, DJ Shark 
is 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 not going to be with them this year. But Jameson Williams, who is going to be a terrific player in this league uh, for many years, is kind of like forgotten about because he missed, you know, basically last year they sat him, came back for a few games at the end. But now that Jameson Williams, Amante Wayne Brown duo is going to be a devastating duo when Jameson Williams gets to full speed. So, um, you know, what do you think about the kind of like the flip-flop of Williams and Montgomery there? So I, I'm, I don't know what transpired. Um, I felt that Jamal Williams, first off, it was very clear that he was a leader in the locker room on this team. Uh, not only his performance on the field where I don't, can't remember how many touchdowns he had last year, but it was, it was almost to the 20 level that that's how potent he was around the goal line. Uh, we know Deandre Swift had trouble staying on the field last year. Uh, very curious in that those two players, Montgomery and Jamal Williams only separated by two years. Um, yet, you know, there was a, as you mentioned, a lot of guaranteed money and probably paid about six or $7 million more to bring Montgomery in. So yeah. And, and, and it's rare to see kind of that signing within the division. Right. Um, but, but nonetheless, it's taken place. Um, and Montgomery is a good back, right? Uh, and, and the lions like to use different guys back there. It's not a one dimensional situation. They were very, very careful with Swift last year, but Jamal Williams, I think where, where, where he will be, missed particularly is in the locker room uh i know dan dan campbell is a very charismatic uh, uh coach but i think equally so that that was the case with jamal williams so from a chemistry perspective we'll see how, you know who'll be able to kind of take that uh take that place i i think you're correct in assuming um jamal williams first off is able to kind of regain that number that that strength of guy who's you know, if he was in this draft, it would be in the first round in terms of uh, as a draft pick. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see those players. We know Jared Goff finished the year on, on a very high note. Um, yeah, this is, a te- this, is, this is a team that, you know, played hard and, and potentially had a chance at the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way last year, but I think they'll be right there this year. And they made a lot of moves uh, also on defense, Wiz, right? They signed three secondary guys, Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So this is a team that's trying to make strides on both sides of the football. Uh, we talk, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to be doing previews, but you know, the Lions could do a lot of different things in this draft. So excited to see what's happening in Detroit, Wiz. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there. I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken to see my beloved Vikings not be able to work things out with Adam Thielen, who's just you know a Minnesota kid, played for Minnesota State, <laughs> the Vikings, and had had a terrific career there. And just a shame. Uh, hope he does well uh, with the Panthers. But uh, you're just heartbroken about that. But. They did make a, a kind of a signing that was interesting today. They they signed Brandon Powell, who has a relationship from the Rams with um, with the Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell. So uh, I, I think that was interesting. But the other thing they did was they they were able to work out an extension with Alexander Madison, and it's kind of people who are reading the tea leaves from that that maybe they're gonna try and work out a deal to move you know Dalvin Cook. We'll have to see about that, but it's been it's been pretty quiet with the Vikings, other than um, beloved son of Minnesota Adam Thielen not being able to resign. Yeah, and look, Thielen's had a great career in Minnesota. Um, yeah, and, and you know, playing college ball there, growing up there. Uh, so kudos to him for that. Uh, he'll help. He'll help Carolina for certain. 
Um, yeah, I, I, going back to Dalvin Cook, Wiz, because he was rumored in trades with a couple of different teams. It didn't work out. Is that some situation that you're kind of looking at where potentially on draft day something could happen where the Vikings end up drafting another running back and, and Cook gets dealt? I, I, I don't think you can completely rule that out. Well, Dalvin Cook cannot be too thrilled what he saw what happened with Austin Eckler where Austin Eckler said, okay, I can't reach an extension with, uh, with, with the Chargers. Um, I want to get traded in the Chargers. said, okay, go look, see what you could do. And nobody was taking a, a bite. So if, if there's no movement for Austin Eckler, it, it couldn't have made the hopes of Dalvin Cook um, feel optimistic about that. So while I thought that, I, I just don't know. Again, it may take some sort of an injury. You never want to see that, but we see it all the time in the preseason or training camp, and uh, something can be done. But uh, to, to to it was just interesting what they did um, with with Alexander Madison. But like you said, these things you know may have yeah you, know, you may have to wait a little while to see exactly how they play out. Which is last point, talking about how they're going to play out here with Green Bay. Um, you know, look, Green Bay has basically, uh, you know, said goodbye to all of these veteran players. Aaron Rodgers and gone with him is Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tanyan's left. Um, it looks like they're really going to go with um, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, two young players who they drafted both last year who they're high on. I, I, I'm hoping that they draft a tight end. Uh, it's it's a spot that they could surely use. Michael Meyer from Notre Dame would be a perfect fit for the Green Bay at 15. But, you know, the Green Bay and the Jets are going to eventually work out this deal. It's just a matter of equity. And I, I just can't imagine that Green Bay is going to make this deal with either the Jets not giving them that 13th pick or multiple picks, which you know will include maybe the two second-round picks that the Jets have accumulated uh, with this Elijah Moore trade. What, what's your overall thoughts on that? Yeah, and as you said, they're, lo- they're losing a lot of veterans. Um, they still maintain that backfield and Aaron Jones and A.J. A- Dillon. Um, and as you mentioned, the young receivers. But this is going to be a whole, a whole new show. And I think uh, – Aaron Rodgers actually expressed some optimism uh, in the development of Jordan Love, so it's going to be his team. But uh, as you mentioned, there's, there's, there's going to be draft capital that's going to be wanted here. Currently, the Packers are sitting with eight, eight different picks, uh, starting with that 15th pick. Um, this was a team that obviously was close to making the playoffs last year with Rodgers, uh, but you know they struggled in the middle of the season. I think it was time to move on from Aaron Rodgers, and uh, a fresh start will be good for everyone. But yeah, th- this will be this will be a completely different looking football team uh, come time uh, come, uh, come September. Um, at least th- that's what I'm anticipating, and I, and I and I do agree with you. You know, the Packers certainly want their pound of flesh for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, rightfully so. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of new places with a, not a, with a lot of new faces. And, um, you know, we're going to try and keep everyone, um, you know, on top of this the way that we're on top of this stuff. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting just taking a quick look of what's gone on so far. There just looks to be like such a headache in terms of the fantasy football community viewing these running back situations where (laughs) some of these landing spots, I mean, just what we just talked about 
just today, I mean, you know, um, Montgomery and Swift and Foreman and Herbert, you know, just over and over and over again, you look around what's taking place with some of these signings, uh, you're going to have to make a decision whether you're going to try and pick and choose one of the two guys or like say, okay, I'm committing X amount of dollars to Foreman and Herbert, and however it's going to play out is going to play out. But just looking at it at a first glance here, a uh, very, very early first glance here, I think there's going to be a lot of headaches at the running back position in terms of fantasy football this year. Music to my ears, was Music to my ears. <laughs> you love that. You love that. You, I do. You want to avoid... You want to avoid all all the headaches at running back. You've been ahead of the curve on this. You've been saying this for years now, um, that people spend too much draft equity on their draft, fantasy draft, at the running back position. It's really proven out to be the case. If you combine injuries, disappointing seasons, committees, um, it's really proven to be um, something that can cost you your season if you spend too much money in an auction draft or draft too early in a snake draft at the running back position. Yeah, but but I think you articulated it in real life, right? When a play, look at what Austin Eckler was able to do last year, right? We we know what Dalvin Cook has done in the past. They they told Eckler to go find a deal. Like I just think. You know, this is a position, and Eckler is a super talented guy. There's no denying that. Uh, he's now up in age. I think he's approaching his year 29 or 30, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a short shelf life for these guys. And I think also NFL teams are mindful of that as well, right? They're treating the position different. They want to preserve um, the player's... Uh, bodies and stuff like that. You know, and you, get, you 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 roll into it Thursday night football games. Now it's a seventeen game schedule. There's just a lot of ingredients, and and it's just how the game has changed. And it's not to say that a guy like Christian McCaffrey shouldn't be the number one, you know, potentially a number one pick in a snake draft, for example. We know how that went last year. As talented a player as Jonathan Taylor was, right? It brought a lot of fantasy owners extreme disappointment. It's very difficult. You cannot predict injuries. Uh, but the running backs are prone to a little bit more of that, and yeah, I just I just think there that preservation, and you got to have to make some choices in some of your leagues. I would recommend the strategy of not investing very high in any running backs, and in a few leagues, you make sure you get one or two of the elite guys, uh, and you have to pick and choose and, and get lucky, right? Fantasy football, there is an, a luck element to who gets hurt and who doesn't, uh, and th- and that's what ends up playing out, you know, over the course of the season. But it it definitely makes for a very very tricky landscape at the running back position. Sure it does, especially, you know, when you're in leagues where, you know, you have to start a certain amount of running backs, you know, you're, go- you're going to have to, you know, make make some sort of decisions. And uh, look, we're going <clears> to <throat> delve into this much, much more as it gets closer to, uh, you know, the summer and, uh, and be helping people as best we can. All right, Wiz, uh, excellent job as always. Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Division by division, covered the East. We just did the North. Uh, That's in the NFC. Uh, We'll tackle the South and the West next. And then uh, hopefully we get some clarity with Aaron Rodgers and we can move on to the AFC. So Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz, have a good night. And thanks for listening, everybody. You got it.